looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Pass the Post for Sunday, June 19. Thanks for your company. Over the next hour, a big look back at Ipswich Cup Day yesterday. We raced under glorious skies. The crowd was fantastic. It always is. And the racing, as is always the case as well, was very competitive. Great betting races. And, of course, uh, we'll, we'll speak to some of the key players. Of course, uh, Pass the Post brought to you by Archer Park Racing, archerparkracing.com.au. That's the website. All of the horses there for sale. You can take whatever share you like. They're in form, the team. They won with Avalonde on Wednesday at Dooman. She's going great guns. And Parisian Lady won in Rocky yesterday. And they may well win the first with Spiritual Eyes of the Sunshine Coast this morning at 11.25, so the team is firing on all cylinders, as is my co-host who had a day off yesterday. Nathan Exleby, how are you? <laughs> yeah, nice and refreshed. Good morning to you, David, and, and the listeners. So, yeah, I was fortunate enough to just watch it beamed across the, the, the Sky Racing uh, channels yesterday. Bit of consternation about discussion about the track. Uh, I think there was an air of anticipation that if it didn't stay a soft five, we might go to a good four. That virtually reversed come watching the first race, where the track is really in a difficult situation drying out. They've got issues there. So the track was what was was a little wetter than, than anticipated. But I'll talk more about that on broader issues on tracks and track ratings tomorrow on Press Room. We'll, we'll concentrate on the news today. But before we go into Ipswich, of course, the last day of Royal Ascot was conducted overnight here for Aussie viewers and listeners. And, of course, a keen uh, Australian interest in the Platinum Jubilee Stakes with the representation of Home Affairs and Artorias. It was a huge field. Let's have a listen to the replay. And they're off in the £1 million Platinum Jubilee Stakes. Double or bubble away pretty well. Highfield Princess is showing speed and Campanelle as well as Home Affairs towards the centre of the picture. Near side, Campanelle leading Emiratiana. Highfield Princess and Home Affairs is blazing a trail on the near side under James MacDonald in the dark blue. Followed by Naval Crown Dragon Symbol Kingsland. Gustavus Weston, Garris back in that group. On the far side, the extreme left is Minzal, followed by Grenadier Guards with alcohol free in behind with Path to Freedom and also Diligent Harry Sacred is towards the back. Artorias will need to pass everything and Creative Force also with plenty to do. They've come past halfway, running down towards the two on the near side. It is still Home Affairs that heads this group. On the far side Grenadier Guards is making quite good headway. Highfield Princess in there Campanelle is being driven along. Double or bubble. They're struggling a little bit on the near side. Over on the far side Minzal is finishing pretty well with Creative Force as well. Campanelle in the centre, double or bubble, Highfield Princess, the near side, Naval Crown on the rail, Creative Force, the far side, Artorias is staying on powerfully, and the centre, Creative Force, the near side, Naval Crown tight, tight between the Godolphin pair, Naval Crown and Creative Force, Artorias was storming home, having had a lot to do, and these were followed by Highfield Princess, Sacred made headway as well, in a blistering Platinum Jubilee yeah, great result for Godolphin. In fact, the Quinella, both are trained by Charlie Appleby with Naval Crown getting the, the judges nod from Creative Force. Artorias, he did eat him for third with Campanelli. Home Affairs on speed, fading out. Artorias, considered by most unlucky, but haven't we said that before? That's it. What's his, is his pet trip sort of 1,400, David? Would that be a sweet spot for him? But I believe he goes to the July Cup mm. now, which is probably even a more testing 1,200 metres than, than Ascot. So... Um, We'll get to see him do it all again uh, there. Home Affairs will be retired after yesterday. <laughs> and, of course, as everyone is aware, Nature Strip winning the uh, the big race on Tuesday, uh, or early hours of Wednesday morning. So, overall, a great result for Australia. Yeah, and state of rest as well with a bit of Queensland flavour there with the, the guys who... Uh, the Cunninghams and... Uh Neil Douglas, who bought into the, the ownership of him after he won the Cox Plate. Yes, I know they celebrated long and hard after that win. Let's uh, turn our attention now to the, the main meeting in Australia yesterday. It was at Ipswich Cup Day. The first race we're going to go to is their, their feature sprint, the City of Ipswich Eyeliner Stakes. This was a very wide betting race. It was almost $6 the field when they jumped away. 
by the 400 in the eyeliner on the swing for home and Holyfield in full flight leads from Sir Warwick giving game chase then Hilo followed by at Witsend Emerald Kingdom not much making ground from the back Desert Lord running on it last chance down the outside but Holyfield going great guns in the eyeliner Sir Warwick's battling on gamely they're lining up for third Desert Lord emerging late Holyfield in front he'll do it Holyfield won the eyeliner beat home Desert Lord Sir Warwick at last chance then Roman Aureus Hilo and Charlize followed by Emerald Kingdom, then Bar Gannon at Winsend, Vinko, well back was Red Chase, Paladas didn't get into it, and the last one over the line was Gosspot and Bar one other, Albert Song in 120 and 58. Annabelle Neesham trains Holyfield, it was a double for her, she won the staying race, the provincial staying race with Read My Future, but the jockey on both was Brodie Lloyd, he's been kind enough to be our first guest this morning on Past the Post, Brodie good morning. Good morning, mate. How are you? I'm well. I'm sure you're even better because uh, yesterday was a good day for you on a number of fronts, particularly to win on Holyfield in the eyeliner. Yeah, definitely. It's um, it's great to to uh, taste a bit of Saturday success um, and obviously a state success as well coming up here. And that's we try to redevelop our our brand when we come up here and try to really establish ourselves in the metropolitan ranks. And that's just a great stepping stone um, to, to doing that. He he had the right form to win the race yesterday, Brody. You rode him when he was in went to Rocky, and obviously we know that strength of that form when he was not far away. It was just a matter of overcoming that barrier, and it sort of panned out pretty well for you. The way the map sort of looked, you were able to get that card across. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, he carried fifty nine first up, and then fifty four last start, which which was why I couldn't ride him. But um, you know, carrying fifty four and getting beaten half a length to Alligator Buddy was obviously. And then only rising up a kilo and a half, he was always going to be very well weighted in a in a in a race that um, was probably a bit easier than the BRC sprint. So he was um, yeah well weighted and looking across, there was a couple of obviously just speed horses. We went quite quick early, and I was happy just to sit off them and slowly build up. Um, going down earlier in the same race, it was quite chopped up on the inside. So four races later. I, I wasn't too too worried about having him three deep, comfortable on top of that nice ground, and yeah, he um, he got a really decent break from the 800 to the 450. So when I let him rip, I thought he'd be able to sustain that run, and, and he did. When I said at the start, it, it was a special on a number of fronts. Winning the the listed eyeliner, that's good enough in itself. But on two fronts, you, you, you've had a, a, a rough career, which are the first to admit, but you've been given another chance in racing, but then to be given this opportunity by Annabelle to come here to, to South East Queensland and basically be the main rider, it's all going your way at the moment, so you must be really grateful to a number of people, as I said, on a number of fronts. Yeah, well, for sure. Um, you know, it, obviously grateful for the people that, um, you know, that uh, are there in amongst it, such as Annabelle and Todd and Raffin and, and all the staff there and so on, but the people behind the scenes as well, you know, little, little things, my family that supported me when um, when no one else was there and getting back up and through and, you know, it's, yeah, everything seems to be, the wheels, it's been a long time now, so I, I, uh, I obviously, you know, I'm the first person to speak up about what's happened and cop it on the chin and, and move on from it, but, um, yeah, now, now it's just guns blazing and I, um, yeah, that, all that's behind me now, so it's just full on, um, Riding, hopefully winners every Saturday and Wednesday. That's the, that's the dream anyway. But mm. we're uh, we're working hard towards that. You know, like I said, all the people behind the scenes, like uh, even just training on Thursday with Ryan Lane, went for a massive bike ride and a swim, just little things like that. Um, just really keep your your head sane and and really uh, looking forward to to riding. It's just yeah, it's, it's obviously come up here and a bit easier with the weight now. Riding riding a little bit lighter than what I did in New South being so warm up here so hopefully can really finish off this season strongly and start a new season in Queensland fresh Brody, I know there's some very good judges who consider you have enough ability to contend for a premiership up here in Queensland can you explain the situation around how your commitments are to Annabelle and, and what opportunities that leaves you with, with other stables um, in terms of <laughs> you get what I'm saying sort of what sort of flexibility do you have to take those other rides um, well, I think there's a there, yeah, there definitely is a fair bit of flexibility. Obviously, we are. I am extremely loyal to the people that look after me. So, Annabelle is obviously first um, 
first dibs and 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 always will be. But um, you know, branching branching out on on um, on Wednesday up to Brisbane and riding for a few trainers and you know we're we're in other people's backyards now. So I've got to try and make it my own backyard. So I've got to um, yeah work hard and and wait for the opportunities off for other trainers and you know we've got a satellite stable up here, but there's not going to be seven horses in seven different races running every Saturday so we'll try and get some good support from other trainers as well and my manager Liam Pry does a fantastic job um, he took me from I think I rode 39 winners in a season albeit a fair few injuries that season as well and suspension to you know up to I think 84 or 85 winners this season and Saints winner and Saturday winners so like he's what he's done for me is unbelievable so he's um he's definitely got to hit a mention um I don't think managers sometimes get enough credit, but yeah, he does a great job. And yeah, we're obviously he, he manages all my rides, and I leave that up to him. And yeah, he sorts all that out. Well, to, to use a racing expression, you're in the box seat now to to capitalise on what you've been afforded. But the time you're on the sidelines and you're actually uh, dis- disqualified, you're out for some time. Did you uh, did you always want to be a jockey again? Was was it always a plan to, to make sure you stayed at it? Um, not really, to be honest. I was happy concreting and drinking schooners on a Saturday, but <laughs> it's, it's, uh, when the bank account rolls around, there's $400 in there. It's not, not the best. So I thought I'll give riding a crack, but oh, I love I love riding. I, I ride track with me every morning. I love the horse. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I love the people in it. So well, uh, you, once you get the bug, it's, it's hard. I mean, obviously turned sour on the game. I was young and dumb and immature and turned a bit sour on it all, but like I said, it's probably the best thing that's ever happened to me to um, really uh, have a look at your life and see the important people that are in it and um, yeah, really capitalise on the opportunities. Like, like I said said before, Peter Blandis and Mark Van Gestel, mm. they've, um, they're the ones that afforded me the opportunity to come back to track work. They, uh, Mark Van Gestel especially, he helped me with um, hair tests and follicle tests to you know prove that I um, was clean and so on to to uh, start seeing my son again and so, so on and so forth. So, yeah, what race New South Wales done for me, I just, just I can't pay it back. But um, what I, I guess I'm paying it back with doing the right thing and, and succeeding, which is great. But, um, yeah, hopefully Queensland um, can treat me just as nice. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're very very good words and, and well-considered words. And you're right about Volandis too. One of his, uh, he's got a lot of strengths and some will say weaknesses, but one of his strengths is he's always prepared to give people another chance and uh, and you're one of the recipients. And just, just concluding on, on that part of your life, and I think you, you actually admitted this or, or stated this, that, you know, often when you're down and out, you think, it, you know, the worst thing in the world is happening to you, but sometimes it, you need to a bit of a wake-up call and you see other people maybe in rehabilitation and you say, well... I'm not as worse off as some others around me. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, um, Peter Valandi's paid for um, me to go to rehabilitation um, for you know my mental health and, and get my life back together. And um, yeah, the stuff that I see in there is, was a massive eye opener. So it's um, yeah, a lot of people go through stuff that you don't see behind closed doors. And some of the happiest people in the world that you think um, are obviously not that happy so it's good to get a mental health check every now and then and just you know we have a testing job up early hours and i think every jockey goes through the the rough times and it's just great to have like support as you can see i I, cory brown does a lot of mentoring james winks um a a fair few others um but i think it's just every rider and jockey included whether you're an apprentice or senior we all we all go through it i guess but um just to have a little bit of support, knowing that people are there to listen, it's great. You know, I have, I'm lucky I have really good mates like Jay Ford and Jeff Fender that I'll give a ring and Blake McDougall and so on. So you have a chat and talk about your career, and yeah, and then you're you're off and gone again the next day. So it's um, yeah, obviously very testing, trainers included, and I'm guessing owners as well paying bills when the horses aren't winning. But um, yeah, it's everyone involved that obviously goes through their their little battles. But yeah. It's, as you say, all the time, racing community kind of sticks together and everyone's there for each other, so it's good. And just back to Holyfield himself, he was tried in Group 1 races as a three-year-old. He seems to be back to his, his very best now. Is there more feature wins for him? Yeah, he's been a bit of a strange horse. Like, I've rode him since day one and I thought he'd be a prime candidate to be like a spring championship horse. But obviously, mm. being an eye invincible, um, got a little bit of spring in his legs, but he always felt like he'd get over ground. And he tried over ground and he didn't really produce, but 
seems to be like just a 1400 meter high cruising speed and holding back off that that off a high pressure race. He's, I reckon he's, he gives you a great feel and like whether he's the group one group one class, he's definitely um, going to be he's obviously stakes winning winning horse now. But I think he can um, hopefully produce a better races as he gets older and stronger. And he's always been a slow maturing horse, but um, he was absolute rat bag early days. Um, <laughs> he just wanted to overdo things and get the job over and done with and took a lot to learn how to settle and now he's just settling great and running running races to the back off the, off the back of that so he's um yeah he's obviously a horse that's improving and hopefully can stick with him and and read my future it's not easy to win three in a row i know that the grade's not not that great at the moment but he seems to be an improving type of star yeah for sure um his uh, work during the week was unbelievable um and he just worked so strong I was just so worried about the 2,500 uh, overdoing it, but but it wouldn't melt in his mouth yesterday. He just relaxed beautiful in my hands the whole whole race, and we got a beautiful cut into it. So hopefully he can come back stronger and and bigger, and yeah, can target some of those nicer staying races uh, next preparation. Just by saying that, Brody, so that there's no pl- do they pull up stumps with Read My Future after yesterday? I'm not too sure, mate. Um, it's one for the boss, but um, I don't know if there's anything else around but yeah leave that up to them and yeah hopefully can be on the back of him if he does go around again you know i i think uh you might be pleasantly surprised because i mean in two weeks time the sunshine coast coast covers on and that's 2400 meters and that's one thing too yesterday you, you mentioned about your concern about the distance at 2500 we don't have these races that often he ran down strongly and this horse is he's building a good strike right now nine starts five wins so you know he's probably in form and fit and fit and happy enough to to be given a chance in two weeks time it seems an ideal race but as you said that'll be up to annabelle and of course holy field well he could go to the glass house 1400 sunshine coast in two weeks as well yeah i'm tipping that's where he'll go um but yeah leave that up to the the um the boss and, and her team you concentrate on one thing that you do very well you're riding and, and i appreciate your time this morning and and your insight and uh, your, your frankness about your, your career it's good to have you here in queensland Thank you very much, mate. Appreciate it. There he is. Brodie Lloyd joining us this morning, our first guest here on Past the Post, and he speaks honestly, frankly, mm. and uh, with a lot of passion, and we wish him well. He's clearly got a lot of ability as well, so uh, I think he's... It'd be very interesting to see, sitting here in 12 months' time, David, where he sits in the, in the pecking order, because uh, ability is not going to hold him back. It's just how he balances that dynamic of, of having a boss, a master stable, and being able to secure other rides. Holyfield was the best horse in the race. Mm. Um, Lloyd took control of it early, took the race by the scruff of the neck, went forward, ran them along, and they couldn't run him down. Desert Lord's run was encouraging. Good to see him back showing something like his... his uh, he goes well at Ipswich and probably on ground that didn't really suit him there yesterday. And Sawarik was brave having to do the work um, early in the race. Very brave and last chance fourth. Vinko was an easing favourite. He was the morning line favourite. He got out on the market. Was never a factor, but I think that was a track that doesn't suit him. A genuine dry track of Vinko. But Paladas, we keep hearing that he he's not a wet tracker either, and there he is, $6 favourite. How? Well, surely. How? Oh, Gee, I mean, you're telling me. <laughs> I was telling you this six months ago. Yes, yes. We, we shouldn't malign him too much, but we will when we say that his record is now 23 starts for three wins. But, yeah, he, these horses, they, they, they carry the, the, not boom as such, but a, a reputation. The, of, the SP profile. And it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to shake it off. <clears throat> that was the eyeliner. Let's go to the, the Cup, the Ipswich Cup. And um, our intrigue was heavily back to win the Chris Waller runner, and she nearly did it. They spread across the track of the cup. 2.50 left to run, and Bernabeck shot the gap to the inside, and he dashed to the lead. Our intrigue tries hard with Street Dancer, then Smart Meteor. Bernabeck the leader. Bartholomew Diaz getting out. Our intrigue chiming him. So was Smart Meteor. Smart Meteor out wide, reached the lead, and I'd say he's got up to win. I'd say it's one smart meteor from our intrigue. Bartholomew Diaz and Bernabeck not far away. Street Dancer and Chicana are out wider. Followed then by Spencer, Top Order, Ostermeyer. Then Honourable Spirit Ballistic Boy. Tavion Prince. Well back was swords drawn. Then came at the head of the others. Lady Salerno, Youngblood and Dunhill last over the line in 2.14.28. And Brock Ryan and Smart Meteor will claim cup victory. Yeah, there's a little side story to that broadcast. Mm-hmm. Um, this never, it never happened to me, and I never thought it would, but 
they were just approaching the line and I was in full flight and all of a sudden a visitor appeared in the box and I would describe it as an unwelcome visitor trying to get a better view of, of the cup and frightened the hell out of me. So I looked and the nanosecond I looked, when I looked back, they were past the post. I thought, oh, I think it's one. <laughs> and uh, uh, it happened to Wayne Wilson. Spadito won the Stradbroke in 1975 and he was calling it and they were coming left, right and centre. So not as busy finish yesterday, but someone jumped to the box, actually got in front of him and he had to elbow yeah. him out of the way and... And, and uh, so I never thought it would happen to me. I remember but Greg Miles telling a similar story about a Melbourne Cup one time. There was these ladies in, in fashion and he was pushing them out of the way as they went around the turn the first time. So, so you, you survived it, though? Oh, well, of course. You heard the next race, <laughs> didn't you? I was back in full flight again. But anyway, we, we, we got it right under, under trying circumstances. Uh, Smart Meteor, look, um, here's, an, here's a horse. He's, he's been around a bit. He's a five-year-old now. That was his 43rd start yesterday for only his sixth win, but... As I said, uh, he's been placed on 19 occasions. But this is a horse. He deserved to win a good race. I'm glad he won this yesterday. He, he went that, through that period where he was sort of a, a non-winner. Um, but he started to put... Last, last preparation, which began back in November, David, he trialled well leading into that, and he won those couple of races. He showed himself to be a good wet tracker that day at Doombin on, on New Year's Day, and then he would run 2,000 metres. He, he looked a promising staying mm. type as an early three-year-old. And it's only now that he's he's really put it all together and um, kicking myself because uh, I think it would have been three or four months ago I said to part owner Peter Love, I said, gee, the Ipswich Cup would be a lovely race for this horse. And um, he uh, he reminded me of that last night and when I overlooked Smart Media on the selection. So um, good luck to them and continues a really good carnival for the month stable. Certainly does. He's, he's won five races during the carnival, four of them at black type level. He's won... Um with the player pen last week. That's uh, right. Boom Nova and, of course, the Lightning, and yesterday with, with Smart Media. And then he comes out and wins on Centre Fire, which we'll discuss shortly. Our intrigue, uh, she ran well, but as we said yesterday, there's you always said one it in to the preview, you, you, that She doesn't have that killer punch, and, and that's the way it panned out. She had every chance, and, um, uh, you know, the, the better horses won. And just, you know, she's super consistent, but she's just susceptible to something that's got a bit more oomph at the end of their races. Yeah, exactly. Street Dance was honest in third. Uh, Bartholomew Diaz probably got further back in a shuffle. That can often happen in a cup. He got the run in the straight. You, and a point you made yesterday, it's not a backslapping uh, society here this morning, but you did say weight in the cup is a difficult task to mm. overcome. And Bernabeck got that lovely run through, shot yeah, to the lead. There to win but that 59 and a half just angered him over the final part. That was the, the cup won by Smart Meteor. And he will now he will now go to the Caloundra Cup in two weeks' time at the Sunshine Coast. We'll try and catch Chris Munn shortly because he was the trainer in form yesterday. He also prepares the last winner, Centrefire, in the Gay Waterhouse Classic. Let's have a listen to the replay. Around the turn, 300 left to run. Centrefire shifting about four or five away from the rail lead. Taikadubi's got ample opportunity now to try and chase this leader down. Then Dragon missing maybe the best. Centrefire still bombing the lead. Taikadubi knuckling down. They're followed by Dragon missing maybe the best. Zooming home. Centrefire in front, needing the post. Maybe the best flew. I'd say Centrefire from maybe the best who lunged late on the line. Fado third, glitter strips there with Taikadubi a majestic shot. Then came at the head of the others was Dragon Miss, Shea Black, Tahitian Dancer, didn't get into it today. Then Willow Tito, Dash for Dreams dropping out, Love Sensation never in it, and Paul Anker whipped them in at one eleven twenty one. We mentioned Chris Ma- uh, Chris Munz is having a, an excellent carnival, but so too is Sam Collard, and, and together as a combination, they've been right to the fore, flying the flag for, for the local state, and Sam's joining us this morning. Sam, congratulations on Centre Fire. Did you think you'd got home? Yeah, I was pretty confident she'd done enough to, to hold on. Um, so, well, I mean, it was a lot closer when I looked at the replay. I was like, oh, it didn't feel quite as close um, uh, in real life. But anyway. <laughs> you got the job done. Yeah, exactly. She'd sort of shown that she was in career best shape, Sam, from, from the time you won on her on, on heavy ground first up at Doombin back, back in April. Yeah, uh, like I said, she won really well that day. Um, she put a good gap on the rest of them, and then she had a couple of runs in quick succession and, and some pretty hot fields. And her runs had been full of merit, I think, the start after I'd won on her. I ended up sort of getting shuffled back on that day where the weather was pretty poor and sort of found a few traffic problems. And um, like I said, her runs had, had been pretty solid. And I think the key to yesterday was really that little bit of spacing between runs. She was well and fresh and... 
uh, the one draw really helped. I was able just to jump and, and get to the lead pretty comfortably without doing much and, and put a good break on them just before the corner. Mm. As you, as you say, she had the two weeks between the runs, but she's had four runs in the last month, so she's obviously a mare with a good constitution. Yeah, she's a lovely big type of a mare. Um, like you said, Chris team, Chris's team's absolutely flying at the moment, and it seemed like a really nice race for him. It was good to get another stakes winner for him. He's been a good supporter of mine since I've moved over, and um, hopefully it can continue on. Sam, you've been here 12 months, sort of full-time now, and the last last few weeks probably been as... as the highlight of your time. You've won three stakes races over the last few Saturdays. Must be pretty pleased with the way that Carnival's panned out. Yeah, like obviously I was here for a few weeks last, well probably about six or seven weeks last winter but then I actually went back home and I've only been here full time. I think I had my first race ride when I got, I did two weeks in quarantine at the end of October and had my first race ride in Melbourne Cup Day so it's been a little over seven months now so things have come on really well and for more so the last probably two or three months. Um, so getting plenty of support and my agent um, Tam Partington is doing a great job too so it all makes my job that little bit easier. Sam we've, we've talked about Centrified. you mentioned Chris's team is, is low flying and it is Boom Nova of course has been good to you as well and it must be nice as a jockey that you're riding mares that are in form uh, and have, have good speed and, and have, have ability it makes it a bit easier for you, Do you too doesn't it? Oh, it makes my job very easy, um, especially over the short trips. If you've got a horse that can jump and, and put herself, put themselves right there, it definitely makes it, um, yeah, makes my job a lot more enjoyable. Boom Nova is interesting because we've seen her during her career that, you know, 1,200, I think they've set it at 1,300, but this time in, and whether it was by design or just the way things happen, she's become a real 1,000-metre specialist. You, Ryder, you know her well. Uh, is that her best distance now, or do you think she's still capable at, at 1,200? I still think she's capable at 1,200, but obviously early on in their preparations, um, I'd had a little chat to Chris when both those mares had won, sort of fresh up, um, that he was keen to try and not have them run against each other, obviously, and, and Chris knows the horses a lot better than I do, but um, I said it was just, you know, trying to f- figure out which mare was probably going to be better... Um, over those shorter trips in mm. Boom Nova, she obviously is a little bit better with her spacing between runs. Or um, It's worked out well. You know, like I said, I'm only a, a very small part of the, the team, but um, Chris and Nat, they, you know, put the races for these horses and, and do all the preparation work. So he's, he's hit the nail on the head with them both. Sam, a month or two ago, we saw a rule change here in southeast Queensland for Metropolitan Racing on Saturdays where horses can weight down to their true weight, which is down to 52. There's only probably a handful of jockeys that can you know, take advantage of that. Have you seen that as, a, as an opportunity for you with your ability to, to ride light? And have, have you seen more opportunities come your way as a result of it? Yeah, it definitely helps me, obviously, naturally being um, a lightweight rider and that. Um, so, yeah, I, like... I think it was something that was always going to come in for a while. Everyone was sort of following the trend off from Sydney and things like that. So it does present me with a few more opportunities, definitely. Sam, you've had a good carnival and hope the good fortune continues over the coming weeks. Thanks for being with us this morning. No worries. It's good talking to you guys. Well, now, there, is, there she is, Sam Collett, partnering Centre Fire to an all-the-way win in the last. And a horse that actually went out of good odds. It always seems to. Yes, she does. Well, this, this was one I... I latched onto her in the big odds during the summer and have dropped off her during the winter, much to my uh, chagrin. Chagrin, because um, she keeps running well, and, and when she gets up, she's generally good odds. But uh, a good gait, uh, a mare with speed, and a, a track that suited her, and uh, she, she she skipped off the bend too. She put a break on the bend. She jumped really well, and um, she made all of her own luck uh, in that race. It got pretty tight at the end. Um, so good job from the the runner up to to get as close as she did. But yeah, um, maybe the best would have would have won in another stride or so. Tayshan Denson never got into the race, did it? And of course, worth mentioning here, and this is where the, this conversation about the track sort of germinated from, with uh, with uh, Juan Diva being a late scratching when Will Freeman asked the stewards or asked or requested to the stewards for her to be scratched because of the track condition, and she had been the the morning line favourite. Yeah, that's exactly right, and as you say, it's a talking point, and then and the market's reflected as the as the day went on. You know, I think it was Tahitian dance was pretty easy as well as self. Sort of five fifty, she was she was 
about that mark in the morning with Juan Diva in the race. Exactly. Well, he's been on the phone, of course, taking congratulatory calls and signing autographs and the like. He's having a very, very good carnival, this man, Chris Munson. He's with us now. Chris, good morning. Yeah, hi, David. How are you? I'm well. I'm sure you're well as well. I was saying to Nathan before, Smart Meteor, uh, he's been a great money spinner for the stable over several seasons now. He's, he's a rising six-year-old, but he deserved to win a good race. I'm glad he won that yesterday. Yeah, thanks, Dave. No, look, he's he's um, he's a little beauty, really. He's I think where he sort of come unstuck early days was he went jumped from a maiden um, to an open three-year-old win, and um, just seemed to be from then on hampered by big weights. And you know, in fact, he's not a very big horse. I sort of felt that that was what was really slowing him down more than anything. I think the horse was always had the ability there, but um, you know, that race yesterday was a, a race I'd sort of picked out early early this preparation i said to the owners you know just to be patient because i wanted to get him into the race with no weight on his back um and thankfully that the track was wet and which he seems to be appreciating these days and yeah look everything just went to plan remember that mate didn't he, he won a 1300 meter maiden at toowoomba then went straight to a 2000 meter race at Dooman. is that right that's right yeah he did mate and um you know from that day on he was he was hampered by big weights i think he's always you know carried 57, 58, 59 kilos most of his career. Every time he sort of got down in the weights is when he seems to be at his best. So um, that was that was the aim yesterday. Brock Ryan rode him well. I think you might have given him some advice or instructions. You've ridden an Ipswich many, many, many times. Is there a trick to riding an Ipswich or is there a way to ride better than, 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 than other tracks? I think there is. Um, it, uh, it's a unique little track, as you, as you know, Dave, and... I think, um, as I stressed to, to Brock, that um, turn past the winning post there, getting as you go down the hill, mm. I think that's a very crucial part of the race where you know you need to be in with cover or you need to have your spot by the time you get to the winning post. Um, otherwise, it could end up in tears. You know, you end up on the outside fence and just not taking the corner or in the, just everything going wrong. But you know, I, I said that Brock, then you'll sort of go downhill, so they'll get a bit of full speed up as they go up down the hill before they level out down the back straight so um he was sort of i i sort of give him as much heads up as i could and, and he rode the horse beautifully there's another part of that ipswich track as well and i know jim Byrne seems to get the the, the plaudits for this but a lot of people watching races at ipswich don't actually realize that on the side of the track is actually a straight part it is actually you know i don't know if it's 50 to 100 meters probably more so 50 60 meters but down near the 600 meters and you often see Byrne take off at that point and some will say geez take it off a bit too early but he gets around them before the turn comes up well i think they get their momentum up david i think that's the key to it i mean and that's what brock did yesterday on smart media um i just sort of stressed him to try and get on the back of the right horse at the thousand or half mile so they can he can build his momentum up and if he can be in full gallop on the corner is when they're at the best so i think that's when they get going it's more the fact that they're getting their momentum and their, their revs up Another aspect of his win yesterday, he put himself more in the race. Chris, so often with his horse, we see him out back in the last two or three, but Brock was able to get across from that wide gate to be just worse than midfield, and you would have been on good terms with yourself a fair way from home because you just see he was travelling so sweetly yesterday. Yeah, he did, mate. You're right. He um, he really sort of, I suppose, bullied him into a spot, mm. um, which was good, and the horse just switched off, relaxed, and um, his, work, his work in the last couple of weeks have been fantastic since he's... Um, last start at Eagle Farm um, over the mile and a half. So he, he certainly hadn't taken a backward step. We just spoke to Sam Collard, who rode centre fire. I think you may mention of this uh, in the press during the week that you were quite surprised about the price, and the price stood up. I think she went off at $14, but she seems to be a mare, despite the fact that she can race forward, make her own luck. She always seems to be disrespected of the market and, and go out a big odds. So I suppose if you like the horse, you, you're way in front of her. Yeah, well, I think the owners are sort of well in front with her now anyway. So it was, um, you know, her run in the Group 2 race, uh, previous start, I, I couldn't fault it. I thought she was, she raced very well, um, just sort of run into some pretty good sprinters, I think, more than anything. Um, the fact that she drew good as always a, was, a, was a positive for her and um, Sam knows her well and, and she, rode a, she rode a very positively and beautifully. We spoke last week, Chris, after you won the Group 2 with Pelea. Pan, you weren't certain at that time whether you pressed onto the tiara. Where is she at now? Yeah, well, she'll go there, mate. She'll go to the Tats Tiara. Um, she's done fantastic since the day they played. She thinks she's improved. So she's probably going to have to. Um, you know, we're going to Group 1, so you'd, you'd have to hope that she's improved, which I'm sure she has. 
and um, she'll after the tiara she'll probably have a little short ten days in the paddock. I think week ten days in the paddock before we probably send her to Sydney and look for some races down there. Smart medial goes to Calandra. He'll go to Calandra, David. Yeah, um, and then probably Grafton if he's still holding up and everything. We'll probably just those two races and then we'll work out where we go after that. You do love that Grafton trip. Well, it's been good. It's, it's not. A, it's a good carnival, yeah. So it's, uh, so long as he's racing well, I've got no reason not to take him down yeah. there. And centre five, what happens with her? Yeah, now that's a good question, David. I'm, I'm really not sure. Um, there's also a couple of races down there for her which you could run in. I think there's a Phillies and Mares race down there or a Mares race at Grafton over the carnival plus... Um, or there's the Ramoni, so they could be a couple of options for her. But um, I just want to have a look at her over the next few days before deciding where I go. Yeah, well, she's building a good record too. She's an eight-timers winner and now black type. And, and just before you go, of course, uh, we don't lose sight of the fact that there was the Gay Waterhouse Classic, so for you to win that race, that'd be something special as well. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, no, it was really good, David. I, um, um, you know, as you're well aware, I spent a lot of time with Gay and we still speak regularly, particularly when our horses are up here and that sort of thing, so... Um, no, it was, it was a great thrill to win it. Do you claim some of the alligator blood credit for him winning the Stradbroke? Oh, 100% of it. <laughs> 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 no, no, no. Look, he, he, uh, all I did was give him a bed to sleep in. That's all. They, they know what they're doing with the horse. And uh, it, was, it was actually very good watching, um, watching what she does with the horses. And um, Adrian himself as well, like he was there with the horse and watched what he did with the horse. It was quite interesting. Good on you, mate. It's a good carnival, and hopefully it's not over yet. Thanks for your time. Thanks, David. Thanks, mate. There he is, Chris Munns, joining us. Let's continue on our look back at Ipswich yesterday. Let's go to race five. This was an interesting race because Orbison flopped first up, and we were interested to see whether he could turn it around uh, yesterday in the 1,100-metre class six. Here's the replay. Orbison leads a length, a big goodbye, trying to give chase as they approach the turn. Acrobatics in third, then came Goldsboro on the way forward. Invincible Land gone, skins making ground. Then eloquently, Shamaton with something to offer, but needs a lot of room to move. Will try and make one final sweep. In the straight, though, Orbison leads the way. Acrobatic to the inside. The outside, the big goodbye, and running on strongly was Goldsboro. Orbison still in front. The big goodbye on the outside's almost level now, and Goldsboro on the outside. The big goodbye takes the lead. He's home! The big goodbye big Goldsboro, Orbison, and Acrobatic. Then eloquently, Shabaton, Skins, Soul Obsession, and Invincible Lad last home in one four thirty three. Yes, the big good, the big goodbye. The winner there, Leah Kilner, riding for Rob Heathcote. Goldsboro was very good first up, <laughs> and and Orbison a lot better in third. And Orbison went out very hard to get to the lead. He ran them along. Mm. So I, I think, I think it was good to see him fitter and better second up. But in fairness, on balance, I don't think he's this superstar that's been No, that's right. He's probably finding his level now, but as you say, good to see him go better. Goldsboro was just enormous off the best part of a year, raced wide off the gate and kept punching away. But he's in good... He's having a great prep, the big goodbye, and uh, he just keeps running up to those those good form lines. Yeah, exactly. That was his 20th start yesterday, his sixth win. He's been placed on 12 other occasions, so he's only missed a top four spot in two runs in 20 career starts and makes his own luck, rolls forward and... Strong to the line. He's in form and hopefully he keeps on going that way. Let's go to the second race of the day. And indiscreetly was another uh, interesting runner market-wise. She was first up. I wasn't overly taken with her barrier trials, but in the end she ran well. But one beater on the in, in the finish. Here's the replay. Coming to the turn, indiscreetly being hustled up now. Leads away from on the outside, Berdini's girl. Wider subterranean than Hamlet von Stitzel. And Minnow's Paradise was next. In the home straight, 250 left to run. Berdini's girl on subterranean. Indiscreetly under full pressure, but battling on. Hamlet von Stitzel can't reach them. Subterranean on the outside. Went to indiscreetly. They pair off. Subterranean, though, getting the upper hand. Moving clear. And subterranean, too strong. Indiscreetly, good first up in second. Hamlet von Stitzel, third. Then Berdini's girl, Apple Tart, Meadows Paradise, and Morris's star last home in 121 and 64. Subterranean's often been tested in much better company than what uh, he was opposed to yesterday, so the win wasn't a surprise, and that was reflected in the market. Mm. $5 down to three eighty. First leg of a riding double for Jim Byrne, and uh, that was his third win at start 18, Matt Dunn training. And a perfect illustration of what you were just talking to Chris Munts about with the way Jim Byrne rides the, mm. the Ipswich track, making his run down the back there or the side. And it doesn't cost them, does it? They're able to keep no. going. Other tracks, you expect them to pull up. 
I thought she was really good indiscreetly. Um, battle on. She's obviously come back well. Yeah, exactly. We'll take a lot of benefit from the run. That was Subterranean's race. Let's go to the first leg of the quaddy. This was the three-year-old over the 1100 and uh, a tight finish here. Around the turn, yes, Dream, headed by Rubiquitous on the outside. They're followed then by Princess Bojack. Coco Rocks continues to pinch inside runs. Then Grey Defence not doing enough. In a second, most dazzling. The leader now, Rubiquitous. Princess Bojack coming at it. Coco Rocks getting up inside the pair. And down the outside, Miss Hipstar. Four nearly in line. Here's the post. Princess Bojack. I reckon just beat Miss Hipstar, Rubiquitous and Coco Rocks. Grey Defence just behind them with... Kalishnikov, Nord Leon, most dazzling. Yes, Dream, Oriental Princess, Intersec, and Glorious Ruby last home in 1451. You wouldn't have been happy with this result. You're on this hipster. One of few six, although, funnily enough, it was one of the few things that I took the field in the quaddy. I thought it was the lottery, and then Chris Munts sort of ruined that, you know, 40 minutes late. <laughs> so it, was so it wasn't big, totally devastating. It was a big dividend, too, I think. Yes, of course it was. was. So, so my, my old mate, Smart Media, was cost me because I had the other two, so... Uh, Yes, so in hindsight, it would be much better if Miss Hipstar won, but um, it looked super open on on, ray, uh, on paper, and that's the way it panned out. Certainly did. Mark Duplessis riding Princess Bojack. <laughs> she's, a, she's a filly who's got a good constitution. She's been up for some time and keeps racing honestly, but uh, she was able to put uh, her head out where it uh, was needed right on the line. In fact, the margin, I think, was a short half head. Miss Hipstar in second, and as we heard, uh, Rubiquitous, good in third. He always runs well, and Coco Rocks, the plan was was a late uh, piece of uh, riding change or a tactic change to ride it with cover, but that happened anyway because she missed the start. Very uncharacteristic for her. Normally, foolproof out of the barriers, but Stone yeah, was last out. It, that was a, yeah, not the start you were looking for. Let's go to the first of the day. We thought Honeypot was a good thing, but uh, favourite backers went down early in the piece. First 600, 35.79. Catch me if you can, Rose of Shiraz. There the tactics coming up to the turn. Bashani Warfare now only three away. Then Spooky Spirit, Honeypot getting on her bike. Still five to six off them. Then Northern Express at Tusa. And Lucian in the straight, though. Rose of Shiraz led the way. Bashani Warfare under full pressure. Spooky Spirit joining in. Then Atusa, Honeypot running on. Still with ground to make up and time is running out. Atusa and Spooky Spirit charge to the lead. Honeypot can't get them. Atusa goes. Going home a little too well. Won the first. Hattusa beat Honeypot. Third Spooky Spirit. Fourth Rose of Shiraz. Then Sweetie Northern Express. Second last was Mashani Warfare. And last over the line, Lou Shunit in 112.07. Well, we thought a, a Spirit of Boom Philly would win the first race, but it wasn't the one that most thought because it was Hattusa. Trained by Helen Page, of course, at the Gold Coast. Tiff Brooker had the ride and she had the edge on, on Honeypot, who drove late, but... Really, you never wanted to be never, on her in the run, did you? Never wanted to be on her. Yeah, in hindsight, the barriers hasn't helped her there, but we thought she was probably good enough to overcome it, David, and, and maybe the ground didn't suit, but we're, we're starting to find a few excuses for her now. Yeah, possibly as every run goes by and they're, they're in the market, they start to carry a bit of baggage, but uh, I think Tony Gollan did say post-race that she wasn't suited on that sort of track, and maybe that will be uh, a legitimate excuse for many runners who raced yesterday mm -hmm. because we were thinking the track was going to be a little better than what it was, but as I said, we'll talk about that tomorrow morning. And uh, we've mentioned Read My Future, of course, winning the Provincial Stayers final. I think uh, I think that, that Sunshine Coast... Uh, Cup or Calandra Cup is a good option because you've got a horse in form, happy and healthy, can and can run the, the distance. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Let's um, let, let's take a break here on, on past the post. We'll come back. Let's concentrate on a race at Flemington yesterday, and also one at Rose Hill. This is past the post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Yes, Archer Park Racing present past the post each Sunday morning. We're turning our attention to interstate venues. Now, let's go to Flemington yesterday. This race on paper promised to be a good race to watch. The uh, Creswick Stakes, a listed race for the three-year-olds. Let's have a listen to the replay. Winning verse just in front of Star Patrol and Passive Aggressive. Both jockeys yet to show their hand, although Star Patrol's lugging in. Then I am me, Gimme Papa Shero comes on from Caracasu, who's darting between horses. Passive Aggressive lets down with Star Patrol at the 250, and the race is on. Passive Aggressive led it. Three quarters of a length, Star Patrol. Then Caracasu, Gimme Papa Shero. But the Philly Passive Aggressive shown the whip. 50 to go from Star Patrol. Passive Aggressive will see it out. Passive Aggressive unbeaten. 
beat Star Patrol, Carrot Kasu, and in fourth place in the race, Pajero. Then Gimme Par. Next to finish, I am me, Gossettino. And at the end of the field, winning verse. As Matt Hill said in the broadcast, she remains unbeaten, passive-aggressive, four from four. Jordan Childs had the ride. Graham Begg, trainer. And Graham's joining us this morning. Graham, good morning. Morning, David. Well, uh, I was watching this race at Ipswich yesterday, uh, calling the races there. And as I was watching it, it seemed unusual watching a race of this quality at this time of year. But you must have been very fulfilled after that performance. You, you certainly uh, ex- expected a good performance. But to beat that quality field and beat them well was very, very good. Yeah, no, look, uh, she's very exciting uh, the way she goes about her job. Uh, yeah, there's a fair bit of pressure to get these well-bred fillies to be able to get them black tight. Uh, so yesterday was the right race to achieve that, and she's come through it very, very well. It's been nice for a trainer watching a race like that. It was billed as a two-horse war, even though there was uh, others there with good form as well. But the way she just trucked into the race, the, the Jordan hadn't moved on her halfway up the running. Yeah, that's correct. She's pretty uncomplicated the way she goes about a job. Um, you know, just beautiful to watch and, and, you know, just loves going up the straight, just building her gears and uh, and running through the line. But she's certainly a filly. She's certainly got plenty of upside. Uh, she sort of really doesn't know what she's there for yet. Uh, you should watch her when, she, when she's running. Her ears are going backwards and forwards all the time. Having a bit of a look around, but she's just got a beautiful action and the way she goes about it. It's always great to, to, to win with, with black type, but I think about yesterday's race too. Like, we know how well uh, Star Patrol's been going. We know how well Caracasu's been going in Adelaide. And she had them covered and covered pretty comprehensively. So not only is it a, a black-type victory, but it's a victory where you've, you've beaten quality too. Yeah, that's right. Every time, uh, you know, she only started racing about six weeks ago and uh, every time we've stepped her up, we've raised the bar slightly with her. And uh, yesterday was another big step uh, to be able to achieve that. Uh, so... Now she seems to be very untapped. You look at the recent honour roll of this race, Graham, and it makes pretty good reading. Gitra and Nature Strip among those that have won it. Do you think she's a, a filly that can get to Group 1 level herself? Well, if she keeps on going the way that she's going about it, I certainly think, uh, you know, she, she'll she achieve that at some stage in her career. What's the plan for her now? Well, she's going to have a bit of a back-off, uh, a few weeks of just downtime. Um, just got to work out what the right uh, process is with her. As you can understand, it's very cold down here. Uh, the paddocks are pretty wet. So whether we uh, just send her over to the beach and give her a bit of R&R at the beach for, for two weeks, have a balnearing, um, we may do that, and uh, or the water walk or something like that. But, uh, you know, we'll just get her out of the stable and just a little bit of downtime, and we'll aim her up at something in the early part of the spring because... We're very conscious that um, we don't want to run on too firm a ground um, because she's had a few little niggly issues over, over the, the last uh, 18 months. Uh, it's taken us a while to get her to the races. She certainly appreciates tracks with a bit of giving it. Uh, certainly with her record that she's got, every tr- time she's been to the races, she's, she's raced on ground. It's, it's had some giving it, so she, she loves that and she's pulled up really, really well. Graham, I noticed on social media your stable posted a, a photo of the silverware from, from yesterday's victory and an eagle-eyed follower asked what some of the ones in the background were. I think you came back and pointed out there was Bonanova and uh, our Egyptian Reigns um, trophies from a couple of there. We had some nice memories there in the mantelpiece. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I've been very fortunate over uh, the period of time I've been training. We've had some very nice horses and, and they've achieved at quite a high level. Graham, thanks for your time. We look forward to uh, following this uh, filly's career, certainly in, in the spring with interest. Thanks, thanks for this morning. Pleasure. There he is, Graham Begg, joining us this morning. And uh, yes, uh, interesting. You mentioned about Nature Strip winning this race before. What was the other one? Gitra. Gitra, yeah. Uh, she looks good and and uh, a, a, a poised ride by Childs. Mm. I mean, it's a long way up that straight. You've, you've got to know when to go. And he just sat, sat, sat. And when he made the move, she was there to respond. And as to reiterate, the horse she beat is flying as well. So that was a very good race yesterday. It wasn't that long ago they were asking questions of Clint McDonald of what stakes races he was going to be running, Star Patrol in, in, in Adelaide and whether aiming up high. So I think it sets a pretty good benchmark that race this year. And to be doing it in her first preparation, 
speaks volumes about what she's got to offer going forward. Star Patrol still got beat to that maid to do, but <laughs> That's I don't not going for, to change. I don't forget. You call me an elephant, I never forget. <laughs> Let's go to Rosehill Gardens, our final replay. We'll go to the listed McKell Cup. Surf Dancer just in front from Spirit Ridge. The front man peeling three wide. Now Skyman is looking for an inside run. King's not giving up the fence on Surf Dancer. Pike has to come off heels on Skyman. Does so now. Surf Dancer in front. Skyman looms from the front man. Dr. Drill's running on on the outside. Inside the 200. And Skyman gets a length, a length and a half up now on Dr. Drill. They beat off Surf Dancer. But he had the perfect run, Skyman. Where all the winners have been today on the fence. And he won it easily. Dr. Drill's second. I think Welsh legend got up to run the third in front of Surf Dance. A youth spirit warmed up when it was all over from the front man, Southern France and Spirit Ridge. Skyman was an acceptor in the Ipswich Cup. I said to mm. Brad Davidson on radio yesterday morning, could he have won the Ipswich Cup? And he thought he could have, but he thought he'd win that race and he did. I know he made, Brad made him his best for the day. Could he be a horse that comes to the Caloundra Cup, um, David? Um, 2,400 metres. He failed 2,500 Packenham last year, but... Seems the right sort of form line, doesn't it? It does. Uh, I suppose there's only really two options, either um, uh, Calandra or Grafton. Mm. Mm. Or you back up next week into Tats Cup. Yeah, possibly. It's all ahead of them. And there, there are a string of these races coming up over the next, mm. next few weeks. If you, you've got to stay up, uh, there's no shortage of feature races for you. That was Rose Hill yesterday. I think a good sidelight to, to Queensland racing as we, we finish off this morning is, and this often happens around this time of year, about six weeks to go before the end of the racing season, the the battle for the Metro Jockeys Premiership. Uh, Auburn sort of controlling there at 64 and a half and Byrne chasing hard on 61 and a half. Maloney's now under the whip on 56 and then it drops away. So there's only three contenders and possibly two. Just possibly two. And now that the carnival's only one or two weeks, I mean, July becomes a whole discussion about that Premiership. So it's, it'd be good if there there is that... Um, competitive nature between the two going into July, but you know, you know, Orman's obviously in the box seat and he hasn't done anything wrong all season. No, I think it was, was Wednesday, Dubin, they sort of went head down, yes. one one, then another one one, so that'll be interesting times. Nathan, we've got uh, Tattersalls, of course, racing next Saturday, the last group one of the season, the Tattersalls Tiara, but a host of other feature races, so we have the little break yesterday but we start to, we, we hit our straps again uh, with uh, big black type racing next yeah, weekend. last day of Group 1 racing for the season here in Australia. As you say, it's a, it's a good um, meeting across the board with the, the Healy and a couple of others. The market there for the Tats Tiara Snap Dancer sits atop at $5. Ana Visto, $6. We've seen both of those trial mm. here recently. Najmati, $8. Then you've got the Nudge, who ran second last year, offers similar preparation, coming up at 1400 at $11 with Star Tontes, Wonder Bar. Then you get to away game and Brooklyn Hustle. So be very competitive uh, race. Certainly will. Thanks, Nathan. Cheers, David. Nathan X will be joining us on Past the Post this morning. And, of course, most importantly, thanks for your company. Hope you enjoyed the show. And I look forward to your company on Press Room tomorrow when we'll discuss uh, all of the issues happening around Australia and overseas. Until then, you have a good day. Bye-bye.